the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Where were you 60 years ago today? There's a pretty good chance you weren't alive, uh, but there's also a pretty good chance that you were too young to remember where you were on October 13th, 1960. I remember exactly where I was. I was uh, 12 years old, and I was inside the thrift drugstore near my house watching this on a little black-and-white TV. The last half of the ninth inning. Changes made by the Yankees. McDougal goes to third base. Cletus Boyer moves over to play shortstop. And Ralph Terry, of course, on the mound, will be facing Mazeroski. And to go over that uh, Barra play once again, it was a hard-hit drive down the first base side. The Nelson fielded on the first hop and tagged the bag at first. That eliminated Barra. He was out. And then uh, Mantle could have been in a rundown, but it was not the case. He dove back safely to first base. Here's a ball one too high down to Mazeroski. And the Yankees have tied the game in the top of the ninth inning. Well, a little while ago, when we mentioned uh, that this one, uh, in typical fashion, was going right to the wire, little did we know. Art Dittmar throws. Here's a swing and a high fly ball going deep to left. This may do it. Back to the wall goes Barra. It is over the fence. Home run. The Pirates win. has hit a one nothing pitch over the left field fence at Forbes Field to win the 1960 World Series for the Pittsburgh Pirates by a score of 10 to nothing. Once again, that final score, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the 1960 World Champions, defeat the New York Yankees, the Pirates 10, and the Yankees 9. That's right. That was Chuck Thompson, Mazeroski's home run 60 years ago today. Nice little break from politics here to open the show. Um, and uh, it's a great, great call by Chuck Thompson. I did play-by-play play for three years myself, and uh, one of the things I try to teach the students I talk to at uh, Waynesburg University, and when you're doing radio play-by-play, play, describe the exciting play and shut up. That was the greatest home run in baseball history, and Chuck Thompson let it go over the fence, and it was radio, not TV, and he shut up and let the listeners just drink in the noise of the crowd before he came in and summed it all up. What a great, great call, a great, great moment. And as I said, a nice little break from politics. We'll get right back to all that after uh, this break. Coming up with uh, uh, Trump senior advisor Mercedes Schlapp. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 
Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now, 1-800-200-6941. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible. Without debt consolidation or bankruptcy, we depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-200-6941. That's 1-800-200-6941. 1-800-200-6941. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills, and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build a bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. We are hoping that uh, Mercedes Schlapp uh, calls. She's the uh, a, one of the Trump senior advisors on the campaign. Uh, President Trump is supposed to have a rally uh, tonight at 7 o'clock in Johnstown uh, at the airport. He had a huge, huge rally in uh, Florida last night. And, of course, uh, people in the media, on the left-wing media anyway, were um, absolutely apoplectic. Because he was having fun, number one, he was out into the in the uh, public where he was going to cause people to die because he had the the COVID uh, up until a couple of days ago, and uh, people were packed together at this uh, huge rally with thousands and thousands of people, and they weren't wearing masks, not every one of them anyway, and I don't think they were all six feet apart. If they had been six feet apart, that it was stretched from like. Uh, where the rally was, I think it was uh, was at Daytona. Anyway, wherever it was, it would have stretched all the way down the coast of Florida if they had to stay six feet apart. But um, apparently nobody has died yet. I don't know if we're going to see some big spikes in numbers from that. But um, he's got another uh, rally scheduled for um, tonight, as I said, uh, in Johnstown. And then it's, uh, you know, it's Pennsylvania's a big deal. Uh, there are... Uh, polls everywhere saying that uh, Donald Trump is in trouble. And what's really ridiculous about it is some of the polls have Joe Biden up by, I saw one 
Uh, he was up by 12 points in the national poll. I think it was uh, 52 to 40 or 51 to 40, something like that. And uh, whoever uh, was pointing it out mentioned that um, that would, if, if that would be the case, if Biden would win by that much, it would be the most lopsided win since FDR defeated Herbert Hoover in, I believe it was 1932. There's absolutely no way that uh, Joe Biden is ahead of anybody by 11 points. And uh, I, I, I don't think anybody should pay any attention to the polls based on what we saw in uh, in 2016. And the, the, they, they keep coming out and they keep uh, they keep showing Joe Biden with a lead and not just the national polls, which mean nothing because it's all about the states. But he's also supposed to be leading in uh, the swing states, including Pennsylvania. I think I saw a poll where he was up uh, by double digits in Pennsylvania, which would be more than Barack Obama won Pennsylvania by in uh, 2008. Uh, that's not going to happen either. I still think he's going to win. Uh, I think I, I still think it's going to be a, uh, a landslide, um, and I don't I don't think the the, the polls uh, have anything to do with what's going to happen. Um, you, you, I mean, Joe Biden is having uh, events where nobody shows up, literally nobody. There was a story, I think it was in Michigan, or no, it was Arizona, where, where they uh, a local reporter showed up uh, to cover what was supposed to be a, an event with the Joe Biden, and she's standing there doing her stand-up, and there's nothing behind her. And she says, uh, well, it's, it's kind of boring here, actually. Um, nobody showed up, and so... Um, I uh, I don't know where they are. I did see some people from the from the Biden staff, but uh, no people here. How about that? That's uh, that, and 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 I saw another video today of Biden showing up somewhere. He walked in to this room wearing a mask, of course, and walked up onto the stage, and you heard individual clapping. There were like twelve, literally like twelve people in the room. So how that. How that translates uh, to you know, winning in a landslide. I mean, that, that's what so, that's what some of the polls are showing that that he's going to win in a landslide, and um, it just makes no sense whatsoever to uh, to believe that for a second. And meanwhile, um, he's there. He is making gaff after gaff. Yesterday, he said he was. <laughs> He said he was running for the Senate again, okay? He said, I'm proudly running. Uh, I'm a proud Democrat running for the Senate. Um, and, I mean, this is, uh, what, October, whatever it is, 13th. We're three, we're three weeks away from the election, exactly, three weeks today. And he still thinks, he still says he's running for the Senate. And then my favorite one was when he said he was, he went to say, he was asked a question about uh, a religious test. And he was—he wanted to make some kind of a reference to Mitt Romney, and he said it was like when I, uh, in 2012, when I ran against uh, that uh, the, the Mormon, the, the, and he was a senator and a governor, the, the Mormon. He didn't know his name. He couldn't come up with uh, Mitt Romney's name. So that's the—that's the candidate that the Democrats have uh, put out there, and he's struggling big time. And of course, the media. Uh, continues to give him a um, give him a pass, and if just imagine if they had a video of Donald Trump not remembering who he ran against four years ago. Just I mean, just they would they would be they would be declaring him senile and uh, mentally incompetent, and they'd be calling for him to resign and and get a, just get out of town, walk, forget it, you're done. And um, he just he just gets a pass. Now I don't watch the the left uh, the liberal news network CNN and MSNBC, so I, I to be fair I don't I didn't see that they didn't mention it, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they made no mention of it at all. Of course Fox had uh, lots of fun with it, but um, you know there are there are. Polls that say that that uh, he's winning, but uh, there's a guy named Wayne Allen Root, who's kind of a maniac, uh, but he's writing at town townhall.com, uh, and he said uh, that it's a fake poll that bru- the proof that Biden 
is not winning. And uh, he says, back in 2016, I played Paul Revere, except my announcement was the Trump victory is coming. The Trump victory is coming. I made over 1,500 TV and radio appearances to deliver the message that the polls were all wrong. I told Donald Trump supporters again and again to ignore the fake news and the fake polls. Tens of thousands of Trump voters emailed me to thank me for giving them hope when all seemed lost. Hundreds of conservative radio and TV hosts thanked me for keeping up the spirits of the Trump army when Trump voters were at their darkest and lowest points. For better or worse, that's my best talent in life, seeing through the faulty math, lies, fraud, and propaganda of pollsters and the mainstream media in order to keep Trump voters excited, motivated, focused, and in the game. I was right back in 2016. I'll be right again on November 3rd. And this is what he says. Despite all the faulty polls showing a double-digit loss, I believe President Trump is on his way to a landslide electoral victory slightly bigger than that in 2016, and I can prove it. He says, first, the election looks like a carbon copy of 2016. Every poll back then showed Trump headed for disaster. But I had a secret weapon. I called it the taxi poll. My buddy drove a taxi in Las Vegas. Every person who got in her taxi was told, I'm doing a poll. It's 100% confidential. I don't even know your name, so tell me, who are you voting for? The results were overwhelmingly for Trump. I knew then what was about to happen. Today I have what I call the trucker's poll, but it's not just not just my trucker fans. It's my fans who drive cross-country in their RVs. All of them report the same phenomenon. In middle America, there are thousands and thousands of Trump lawn signs. But where are the Biden signs? There are almost none to be found. Folks, understand this. What polls say doesn't matter. What people say to pollsters doesn't matter. What matters is only the votes of people in a few key battleground states, in particular Florida and the Midwestern states of Ohio, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. My fans tell me these states are 100% Trump country. In small towns and outer suburbs, you can't find any support for Biden. He says it's 2016 squared. Remember, this is a guy who predicted Trump would win in 2016. After what Trump has done for the U.S. economy and manufacturing jobs and to win the trade war with China, he's a hero. People may not tell that to pollsters, but Trump is, quote, the king of the Midwest. But wait, there's more. The media quotes nonstop any poll that shows Trump losing by double digits, but I never heard a word about the Democracy Institute Sunday Express poll from this week that showed Trump beating Biden 46 to 45 and winning winning almost all battleground states by a healthy margin. The poll didn't oversample Democrats by a mile, as most of other polls do, and polled only likely voters. Likely voters in battleground states are all that matter. Or the poll watch poll. These are other polls that you never hear of. He says the poll watch poll that was released this week shows Trump winning nationally in battleground states and in the Electoral College. Trump dominates on the two issues that matter to most Americans, the economy, and law and order. Or have you heard that in the real clear politics battleground average, Trump is slightly ahead of where he was at this time in 2016? Most importantly, and this is the big one, this came out yesterday, a new Gallup poll reports 56% of Americans say they are better off now under Trump than they were four years ago under then-President Barack Obama and then-Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, every poll, uh, every expert knows that uh, what clinches elections is the economy, stupid. A solid majority of Americans feel better off today than four years ago, despite COVID-19. You think they're voting for Biden? By the way, that 56% is the highest number in the history of the Gallup poll, asking, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Ronald Reagan got 44% in the, in the Gallup poll and won the election in a landslide. Trump is at 56%. So there you have uh, some um, interesting numbers there. And if you're not convinced yet that Trump is great for the economy on October 29th, five days before the election, the third quarter gross domestic product will be released. The Atlanta Fed estimates it will be 34.6% economic growth, the highest in the history of America. So there you go. And I don't know if I mentioned this. Uh, This happened last week. I ran into two guys. Uh, One guy uh, that I've known for a while, I I see him... um, over at the uh, place where I take my dogs in the morning, and I see him there all the time. And uh, we've never had any I, – I talk to him a lot, but I've never had any real political discussions with him until COVID-19, and he's been telling me how annoyed he is and how sick all this makes him and how ridiculous he thinks it is. And his he and his wife own a small business, and uh, the, sh- the lockdown just was killing him. So I just saw him uh, last – I think it was Friday, and – 
I said, uh, you know, how you doing? He said, ah, he said, it's uh, still, this is killing me. He said, we're operating at about 50%. I said, he said, I registered the vote recently. I don't know when, when he said it was. And he said, I have, I haven't voted in 40 years. That's what he said. He's a, he's a guy who's in his 60s. He said, I haven't voted in 40 years. I'm voting for Trump. I registered so I could vote for Trump. And he said, my wife has never voted in her life. She registered, and she's going to vote for Trump. And the, 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 reason, the reason is that, you know, their, their, their business has been getting killed, and they just, they're, they're, you know, there are obviously reasons why you wouldn't want to vote for Joe Biden. So then I ran and I talked to another guy who uh, I've known since grade school for a long time, 40, 45 years maybe. He said, uh, I got an email from him, and he said, I registered to vote, and I uh, am going to vote for the first time in five, maybe, I don't know if he said it was the first time ever or the first time in 40 years, but it was, uh, he hadn't voted in a long, long time, and uh, he registered so he could vote for Trump. And he said he actually was out knocking on doors for Sean Parnell, who's running for Congress in District 17 against Connor Lamb. So these are the kind of people that don't show up in polls, and when things like that happen, uh, that that's when the, the pollsters are made to look like idiots. And one of the best things about a Trump win after all this would be that we would never have to hear about polls again. Uh, the, the polls, if, if this happens again with all these people, uh, and, and it's funny because they, they, um, they, they make references to the polls and they never bring up what happened in, uh, uh, in 2016 and, and, uh, and how far ahead Hillary Clinton was. And, if they do, they, they come up with a reason why it's different this time. And so if, if, if he ends up winning and, and, does, and wins in spite of what all these polls are saying, and these are reputable polls, even Rasmussen has him behind by 11 points. Uh, and that's, that should be a little bit scary to the Trump campaign because they got, they got it on the money in 2016. They had him losing to Hillary Clinton in the popular vote by whatever it ended up being. I think they hit the number right on, hit it right on the number, two or three percent, whatever it was. Um, they had it 100 percent correct. They, they didn't have him winning the election because they had him winning. This was about the national vote. But anyway, even Rasmussen has him way behind, and I'm just I'm just not buying it. I'm sorry, but I'm not. And um, so it just the, 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 a great, great thing about this, if, if Trump can can win, is that four years from now? Well, I, I, I maybe I'm this is wishful thinking. Maybe I'm being an idiot. Even to suggest that they'd be this smart, but the the the, peop, the experts will no longer lean on the polls and no longer point to the polls and tell you that this is the way it's going to come out. Because um, if they do this a second election in a row, what what's the point of of doing polls that that are not only wrong but spectacularly wrong? which they were in 2016. So it could happen again. Uh, speaking of being wrong, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about the testing for COVID-19. And um, believe it or not, that the testing that, well, it shouldn't be that hard for you to believe. It's the federal government. It's the FDA. And they've done a really good job of screwing up the testing. And, um, and actually, they've tested an unbelievable number of people like 57 million people but the testing has been done stupidly and almost to the point that not only uh, counterproductive but actually it's been harmful to people because it's it's um, encouraged our government to uh, push the lockdowns and if they change the testing a lot of that could change we'll talk to a guy who's looked into it um, we've had him on the show here before. His name is Phil Kirpin. He's an expert on this stuff, and we will uh, talk to him about that when we come back after the break. So uh, stick around. John Stoggerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. SRN News, I'm John Scott. Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett says an article she wrote criticizing Chief Justice John Roberts' 2012 opinion, Saving the Affordable Care Act, does not reflect any hostility toward the law. Barrett was answering questions from Democratic Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. 
who brought up the article she wrote in 2017 before she became a judge. Day two of the Supreme Court hearings are continuing. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says that he's scheduling a procedural vote on a GOP COVID-19 relief bill for next week. He says aid to hard-hit businesses shouldn't be held up by gridlock involving other aid proposals. The Senate will take a test vote on October 19th. Stocks ending lower as Wall Street takes a pause after a four-day winning streak. The Dow gave up 157 points. The Nasdaq was down a dozen. This is SRN News. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. It's time to move beyond the regrets of yesterday and the problems of today. And instead, discover that your best days are ahead. Don't miss David Jeremiah's It's Time to Move Forward online special. Dr. Jeremiah is joined by Sheila Walsh, Levi Lasco, and Anthony Evans as they share a message of hope for today. Hope to see the future with great expectation, to stand firm in the promises of God, and to move forward no matter your circumstances. Available to watch right now at MoveForwardEvent.com. Dennis Prager believes it's tough to deal with the irrational. When I see people jogging with a mask on, I know they are irrationally afraid. And that makes me afraid because I know the amount of harm irrational people can inflict upon others. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Charlie Kirk at 2 on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Outbound on the Parkway East, that is really solid for Bates Street up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Want to allow about an extra 10 minutes there. On the inbound side, delays from Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West inbound, that's a minor delay from Banksville Road into the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Heavy on outbound 51, delays from Midwood Avenue to Library Road, about four extra minutes there. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a low tonight of 45. Tomorrow will be mostly sunny. Tomorrow we'll reach a high of 67. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies, low 55. Thursday will be breezy with some sunshine giving way to clouds and a high of 73. Weatherproof your next adventure with AccuWeather. Download the newly redesigned app today. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Now, President Trump is taking a lot of criticism from the usual places for showing up at a huge rally in Florida last night. Lots of people, not a lot of masks. Uh, the COVID hysteria doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Phil Kirpin is president of American Commitment. He's been trying hard for several months now to apply some sanity to all this, and he joins us now. Phil, thanks for being here. Hey, great to be with you. So um, you're, it's good to have you on again. We've had you before. Um, you're still fighting the fight here. <laughs> Your focus now is until, until uh, on they, the until test. They free us. Until they free us, John. Uh, your focus now is on the testing. What's wrong with it, and, and how could it be fixed? Well, we've got a huge problem. We've run over 100 million of these tests now, and we're running about a million every single day. Um, and the tests we're using are not calibrated to tell us whether someone's infectious or not. And so uh, we're running a million tests a day, and we're getting, you know, 30 or 40 or 50,000 positives. But 90% of those positives are not people who are currently infectious because it can show positive if you have any old dead viral debris in you from an infection up to three months old, even though you're only infectious for seven to ten days. Uh, not to mention that there's an inherent false positive rate of around 1% or so that just, you know, even if there's no virus in you, if you can show positive. And when you run a million tests, uh, 1% of a million tests is 10,000. And so yep. we're using tests that are very poorly calibrated and very poorly suited, even if they were better calibrated, to the task of doing population-level surveillance. And as a consequence, we're driving a whole cycle of fear and a uh, whole demand for additional lockdowns and restrictions that are not justified uh, based on the actual burden that we're seeing on our medical system, which is still very, very low. So uh, I could go for a test um, and... Um... Well, I could be tested, and it could show that I have traces of the virus, but they've been in my body for a long, long time, and I'm not contagious. But I will, but I'll be, I'll be registered as a, or counted as a positive test, and told to quarantine myself. Right, and actually, in late August, the New York Times, of all places, did an article on this, and they had all these experts, and they said they got data from three states. Nevada, New York, and Massachusetts, and they were able to determine that about 85 to 90 percent of people who were told they were positive did not have a current active infection. They would, could not infect anyone, and they were not currently uh, actively infected. They just had old dead virus from an old uh, infection that could be up to three months old inside them. And uh, then the next day, the New York Times went right back to hyping these numbers and never spoke yeah. of it again after they had that article. So it's really remarkable. And the really disturbing and disappointing thing is uh, we actually have the right tests, uh, the test that would tell you what you want to know, which is, am I infectious right now? And uh, we're finally starting to roll them out somewhat, uh, but the FDA is only allowing them to be administered by, uh, by uh, lab techs, by licensed lab techs. And so even though instant tests exist and they could sell them to you for home use if the FDA wanted to, uh, and they're currently, they cost about $5 each, although there's some companies that say they can make them as little as $1 or $2 each, you are not allowed, thanks to the FDA bureaucrat geniuses, uh, you're not allowed to go buy a 10-pack and test yourself whenever you feel like it. Instead, uh, the instant tests are available only with a, if they're administered by a certified lab tech. And by the way, you know, even though the test itself is 2 or $3 or $5 for the Abbott test that's already available, if you've got to pay a lab tech to administer it, you know, you're adding 50 or $100 for administering the $5 test. So they, there's a test that's called a paper antigen test. And they could give, I could go, I should be able to, where should I go to, if they did this right, where should I go to buy one? Go to my local drugstore, buy one, take it home, test myself for two bucks, and that's exactly. it? Yeah, it's no more complicated than a home pregnancy test. In fact, it's easier because you're using saliva instead of urine. You're basically, uh, you basically, yeah. you can just spit in the thing and run it. And uh, as I said, the, the Abbott Labs one has got a uh, emergency use authorization, and they're charging $5 for it. Instead of a strip of paper, they have a you know, fancy-looking plastic card, so they can charge $5 instead of $1 or $2. Uh, but it's basically the same technology. Uh, but because of the FDA, the way they approved it, it can only be administered by a licensed lab tech. What I would really like to see is, first of all, approve the MIT guys who've been applying since May to, to sell these things, and they say – 
they can get it to $2 instead of $5. That would be even better. Uh, but approve them for home use. So if you want, you can go to CVS, buy, you know, a 12-pack, uh, get a dozen tests for 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever it ends up being the price point, keep them in your house, and then what would then that, that, that would allow the president's new strategy he keeps talking about to really work because they keep saying, look, if you're low risk, go to work, go to school, live your life, um, but we need to have focused protection for the people who are medically frail over age 70 and so forth. I totally agree with that. That's great. But if you don't have at-home testing, it's hard because if I'm going to visit a medically frail parent or grandparent or other family member, what have you, if I can just go to the drugstore, have them already in my house, test the whole family, make sure we're negative, go. It's very easy for me to protect that person. If I don't have that ability, if I need to instead rely on going to a lab and waiting three days for the lab to send the results back and that whole rigmarole, uh, it, it makes it very hard, I think, to implement the president's strategy. So I really hope uh, that the FDA will uh, authorize the home test, because to me, that's kind of the missing piece of the puzzle where you can have the low-risk people get back to normal, and you can also allow them to interact with high-risk people safely by having those tests readily available for home use. So the holdup is that it's not sensitive enough, and the reason that it's better is because it's not sensitive enough. Is that true? Yeah, that's the crazy thing. So, you know, the FDA reason for not approving these tests, they say, well, it's not nearly as sensitive as the lab test. And, uh, you know, that's the standard that we're judging it against. But the lab tests, as we just spoke about, they're way too sensitive. They're picking up three-month-old virus and giving people positives that make them isolate for no reason. Um, It's actually a benefit of these tests that they're calibrated to tell you what you really want to know, which is, am I infectious today? Could I infect someone today? Do I have an active infection? And so the FDA argument that, you know, these tests are not sensitive enough compared to the benchmark they're using is exactly backwards. It's upside down. It's, it's bureaucratic uh, derangement um, because the whole benefit is that you want a test that gives you instant results that's calibrated to tell you, could I infect someone today? Not that tells you, is there any trace amount of dead virus anywhere in my body? So this would, so, but if you know this and, and, and are, are you, are, can we be certain that, <clears throat> They're as accurate. These the the uh, the two dollar tests are as accurate as you're saying they are. I mean, what makes them? Is it only because they're not sensitive enough, or do, do they have some question about the accuracy? Well, they do have some question about the accuracy. Look, I'm not going to tell you they're perfect. You definitely have some false positives with them as well. And uh, you know, look, it. I don't think if you get a positive on one of these, you should, you know, isolate yourself uh, without following up with a doctor or doing any other testing. But the, the, I think the way that we ought to be doing this is use the instant tests. Uh, if you get a positive on that, then you go get the lab test to confirm it. And if, you, if that comes back positive also, then you, uh, you know, you isolate yourself and then the rest of the protocol. But, and by the way, that's what basically the professional sports leagues have all been doing. They use the instant tests first. They use them basically every day. If they get a positive on that, then they send out for the lab test and use that as a confirmation. Uh, but if you do it this way, then you can be pretty confident that your negative means you're really negative in terms of you're not going to be able to infect anyone that day. If you do well, get a positive, well, then you go and you, you see if it's confirmed. Well, how have, the, how have the sports teams been able to get a hold of these tests? If they can, why can't I? Yeah, good question. First of all, uh, they all have licensed lab techs to administer them. That's hard for most of us to do. And so the uh, restriction requiring a licensed lab tech hasn't been much of a problem for them. And uh, they also have been able to purchase the machines. And so, you know, there, there are two different types of these uh, instant tests. There's one where the, the whole instrument is basically disposable. And it's, it's sort of like a pregnancy test. You buy it, you use it, it gives you the result. And then there's another type where you need to buy the machine, which is pretty expensive, and, you know, you put each sample in the machine. And they've been using those because, of course, they can afford to buy those machines. And so it's the same concept, but it's a slightly different uh, product, and, you know, it's too expensive for typical home use. Uh, but that's kind of the, but the protocol has been kind of use the instant antigen test on a regular basis and then use the lab testing only to confirm your positive. We're talking to Phil Kirpin. He's the president of American Commitment. He's been doing a lot of work on uh, what's been happening here with the virus, uh, the coronavirus, the COVID-19, and uh, a lot of the stupidity that's uh, popping up and uh, having to do with lockdowns and people being tortured and having their lives ruined now for six months. Um, So how many many people do you say that, that have been tested in the United States at this point? You know, it's got to be over 100 million because we're doing about a million a day now. So uh, I'd have to look yeah. for the latest, greatest, but yeah, it's but, going up but, very quickly. 
it's much more than anywhere else in the world, right? Oh, by far, by far, yeah. I mean, certainly among any large country, yeah, there might be some small countries where sort of as a percent of population they're higher, but we're, you know, by far the largest total number and by far the, uh, you know, largest uh, well, population of the as, as far as you can tell, how, how well are the media doing it, uh, taking that into account when they throw out these numbers and then tell us we should be ashamed because we're te- we have so many more cases than these other countries have? Uh, very poorly. And by the way, uh, the European case numbers are through the roof now, so it's a little bit harder for them to say that we're the worst. Yeah. Uh, now they started testing on a larger scale in Europe, more similar to what we've been doing. You know, it turns out yeah. that the more you test, the more you find. Yeah. Um, and what's, uh, when you see um, stories about the, the, the difference in different states, you've been watching, uh, paying close attention to this stuff. Uh, as for getting back to the sports angle of this thing, the uh, governor of Florida, DeSantis, has said that uh, it's okay with him if the Dolphins put 65,000 people in uh, Hard Rock Stadium, uh, and the Steelers are allowed to have out. Pardon me? They could, I said he can tell them they could sell out, but they're not going to sell out because it's the Dolphins. Well, yeah, well, okay, but let's say that they did because that all of a sudden they, you know, people went nuts and decided they wanted to go to a football game. But the point is he's, a, he's, he's giving, granting them permission to put 65,000 people in that stadium, but here in Pennsylvania, where they would fill Heinz Field, they're allowed, the Steelers are allowed to have 5,500. Yeah, is that I mean, just based on the that, whim of a governor? All of this stuff is pretty arbitrary. I mean, the thing is that we've seen very, very limited outdoor transmission because generally speaking, you breathe out, or let's, say you've, let's say you've got it and you're infectious, you breathe out. The wind is basically going to dissipate it very, very quickly, and so there's very limited outdoor transmission. And when you're talking about outdoor sporting events, they're generally a pretty low-risk setting. The issue is uh, the concourses, the bathrooms, the sort of the indoor spaces attendant to it, and how do you sort of manage that. And, you know, if you have a situation where you've got a bunch of people in the bathroom for a while and someone in there is contagious, you could see how you could get spreading that way. And so I think that the uh, the capacity restrictions that we're seeing and, you know, most of the uh, sports venues outside of Florida, they haven't been doing more than 20 or 25% typically. Your your 10% is pretty extreme on the low end uh, compared to what we're seeing in a lot of other places. But there are these sort of practical concerns on how you manage kind of the indoor spaces and uh, the ingress and the egress and that kind of thing uh, so you don't have a lot of people crowded in close quarters. Now, all of that said, I mean, I, I kind of agree with, with Governor DeSantis that this is the thing where we, we now really know who's at risk. Uh, we understand this very well. And, you know, if you've got young, healthy people who are generally at very low risk and they want to be in a situation that they're going to be close to a lot of other people and there's potential spread and what have you, you know, I think people ought to be able to make those decisions for themselves instead of governments making them. And uh, But it also relates back to what I was saying, because, you know, if you've got home testing available and you've got lots of young, healthy people going out and congregating in large groups and maybe a whole bunch of them do, do catch it, the important thing, it's not that dangerous to them. The important thing is that they don't give it to an elderly or medically frail parent or grandparent and that they're able to prevent that forward transmission of people who are actually at risk. And if we could make it as easy as going to the drugstore because, you know, you're running a little bit of a fever, you want to see if you have it, uh, I think we could do a much better job of preventing that forward transmission than we've been doing with these lab-based tests. Um, and if you have these kind of tests, you couldn't. Wouldn't, how hard would it be to have people – um, take the tests and somehow prove that somehow prove to these uh, government people who want to prevent them from having a life that they are uh, negative, that they just did take a test today or yesterday or whatever and shows that they're fine. Uh, well, the I mean, Abbott we, test has that built in, John. So the Abbott test, which is $5, although currently it can only be administered by a licensed lab tech, but let's say the FDA fixed that problem and said you could go buy yeah. your stuff. The Abbott test has a linked app to your phone, and so when you do the test, you get a thing that pops up on your phone that's like a scannable code that proves that you tested negative and what date you tested negative. So, they, so you, you could you show could up at a stadium used, and show that to get correct. in? Correct. You could easily do that. If the, if the tests were widely available, you could easily have events where they say you're required to do this test and show it on, at, you know, at the turnstile. So, does, so if I took the test in the morning, uh, Sunday morning, would I be shown to be negative and uh, be able to go to the Steeler game for a 1 o'clock kickoff and show that I'm okay? If they implemented that system, then, then yes, they, they could do it that way. And I guess, 
What, what would be the holdup on that? It seems like that would also be a pretty good idea for college uh, campuses. Instead of making kids go to school um, virtually, they could show up and, and test themselves every day. Well, th- that particular test, the manufacturer was able to make 150 million of them, I think, and uh, the federal government bought them all. And so they're, they're not going to be any distributed through market channels or anything like that. The, the uh, Trump administration bought them all. They're sending them out through states, and uh, they're, they're supposedly making them available in, in high-risk settings and that kind of thing. I don't really love that as a market guy. I'd rather see them distributed through market channels yeah. than have uh, you know governments figure out where they go. Um, and so I don't know exactly, you know, to answer your question, I don't know who's getting them or not getting them and what they're being used for because it's all sort of bureaucratic. What I would really like to see, though, is have the FDA approve a bunch of these so it's not just one manufacturer, have them authorize it for home use and open it up. And, you know, the if, if venues want to use a testing-based admission strategy or what have you, uh, it would be pretty easy to do that with these. Hey, Phil, I appreciate you being on. I'm out of time. Phil Kirpin, president of American Commitment. Keep up the good work and Keep showing everybody the insanity. Maybe actually somebody will notice one of these days. Thanks a lot. That would be nice. All right. Have a good one. (laughs) Yeah, you too. Phil Kirpin. We'll be right back. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hey, I'm Andy. I'm still not famous, but you might remember that I started Harry's because I was tired of overpaying for razors. It always felt like big brands were taking advantage of us. Every time they improved something back then, prices seemed to go up. At Harry's, we take a different approach. Today, I'm proud to introduce our sharpest blades ever, available at the same price as before, as low as $2 each. They're a new, sharper version of our German-engineered blades. Guys who shave four days a week have told us that with our new blades, their eighth shave is as smooth as their first. And we stand by that with a 100% money-back quality guarantee at harrys.com. Millions have already made the switch to Harry's, and we hope you will too with this special offer. Get a Harry's starter set featuring our new, sharper blade, a weighted razor handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 3388. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. 
I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. I mentioned um, in our first segment that about the polls, and here's a, here's a poll that you don't hear much about. Have you ever heard of Helmut Norpoth? He's a professor at uh, Stony Brook University. He uh, predicted in 2016, on March 7th of that year, he said that Donald Trump had an 87% chance of winning, and he bases it on primary uh, election vote totals. And, um, and this year, uh, Donald Trump got 94% of the votes cast in the Republican primary. And so that's, he ba- that's what he uses to base uh, his prediction on. And, and Joe Biden didn't get anything close to that in the Democratic primary. So right now, his prediction for the 2020 election is Donald Trump has a 91% chance of winning. And he says he will get 362 electoral votes to 176 for Joe Biden. And using this, it's called the primary model. Using this um, model, he, it, if you b- apply this model to past elections, it picks the winner of 25 out of 27 elections since 1912. Uh, the misses are 1960, which is one of the closest presidential elections. And 2000, you know what happened in 2000. So... It's pretty much, uh, almost, it's right up there close to 100% correct. And he says 91% chance that Donald Trump's going to win re-election. You won't see this uh, poll mentioned too many places. You got it here, though. Talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.